The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickert. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, the licensed real estate broker with Acunet Realty Advisors and also the majority owner of Acunet Mortgage, along with my son, David, who's Acunet Mortgage's Senior Loan Consultant and Chief Client Experience Officer. If you've got a question or comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. That's 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. And remember, you can grab a podcast of today's show or any of our past shows wherever you normally get your podcast. Well, David, last week we had one of our two big economic reports of the month, which was the jobs report. And it was kind of a Goldilocks report that didn't really, well, actually it improved mortgage rates a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, this last week we got the other big monthly report, which is the consumer price index. That's a reading of price inflation on, I don't know, I think it's 32,000 different goods and services in our great economy. And that actually came, I thought the report was good. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, it, it was good. I mean, we, uh, headline number year over year, inflation was only up 3.2%. They also uh, released another number month over month. So comparing July to the same basket of goods in June of this year was only yep. up 0.2, which would make for, hey, if you extrapolate that over a whole year, that's a 2.4% year over year. Hey, man, it looks like we're getting a grip on this whole inflation thing, Dad. Yep, because remember, the uh, reason why mortgage rates are high uh, is not because of the Federal Reserve. It's because of inflation. Uh, when inflation was running last year at 9%, um, and, you know, even now when it's at 3.2, well, you know, mortgage rates have to be above that rate of annual inflation in order for the lender to make money. So the Federal Reserve has come out and said, we want uh, inflation to be at 2%, okay? Well, as you just pointed out, uh, we're kind of already there, uh, or almost there on one measure. A uh, good friend of ours, Jim Wozniak from RBC Wealth Management, sent me uh, RBC's take on the inflation report and i had never heard of this we're going to talk about you know different measurements of inflation you've got the headline rate that you just mentioned at 3.2 then you've got the core rate of inflation which strips out uh, food and energy costs and that went uh, that's at 4.7 and then i had never had you ever heard of supercore before oh, david yeah. Come on, yeah. No, over no, here right. in nerd, nerd economist, Supercore. It's all the all cool right. kids watch Supercore. Yeah, Supercore. Supercore, and so so that was something I was never aware of. That strips out food, energy, and also rent, I believe. Is that uh, yes. yes, the housing costs? Well, and then the other thing that was really cool, and thanks again to Jim Wozniak for sending this over, I finally, uh, this economist at RBC said, hey, you know what we want to take a look at is like the last three months. The year over year isn't really the benchmark that we need to be worrying about. We need to be looking at where have we been the last three months. So check this out. The headline number, if you just look at the last three months, 
and you annualize it, it comes to 1.9%. We're there. We're at yeah. the goal. The core is at 3.1, and the super core is only at 1.5% against this goal of 2%. All right. So riddle me this, son. Why did mortgage rates get worse Thursday and Friday? Because they should have gotten better. It's well, I'm my so my economist David. Which, by the way, what does it take to be an economist? Can I declare that I am an economist? I would think about uh, this a lot. Yeah, a pseudo. Uh, we're going to have to research that and, and come back with. Uh, maybe you got to have a degree. Uh, maybe you have to have a degree or a master's sure. degree in economics. I got a real life degree. Yeah, but but so okay so. It's because there's a data answer. And okay, this is my opinion. There's a data answer, but the data then has to be used by humans who work on Wall Street to decide how to buy assets. And one asset that they can buy, they can buy treasuries, which is debt to the US government. They can also buy mortgages. That's an investment. And the data. The mob doesn't care about the data. The mob being people who, you know, are deciding to spend money. Invest so, money, you mean? Invest money. Well, correct. Sorry. Yes. Invest okay. money. And they, and so they said, I don't, this is my interpretation of markets. Markets are saying, I don't care what the data says yet. I'm, I'm not willing to jump into the pool yet and pretend like we've conquered inflation, conquered inflation because ooh, here's my metaphor. I don't want to jump in the pool yet because the shark of the Fed might still be in there trying to tackle inflation, hmm. dialing up rates more and more. Well, one thing we can say for sure is there are still people out there buying houses and there still are not enough houses for sale in our primary market, which is southeastern Wisconsin. And uh, when we come back, I want to tell a story um, of, of a buyer that I helped last week. I don't do many loans these days, but I was super pumped uh, about this particular scenario. And, and we use something a little new to help them get their offer accepted. So when we come back, let's talk about that story and other ways to help buyers get their offers accepted in this tight inventory market. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David. That's Brian over there. Dad, I think uh, I had asked, what does it take to call yourself an economist? I'm pretty sure you have to have a PhD. All or right. it's mostly you have to prove to other people via your credentials, hey, I, I know what I'm talking about. All right, so we are um, armchair economists at best, yeah. or weekend we have economists. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. All right, so um, by the way, I was able to to export the data uh, that I wasn't able to do last week, and you want to guess? Uh, let me give you some context for this. Uh, what percentage of home buyers in July in the five county metropolitan area paid over asking? We'll start with that question. And, mm. and to give you reference, I'm going to tell you that last July, the answer was 63% paid over asking. And last month, it was 64%. So where do you think July ended up? Um, right, right between those two, 63 and a half, if I heard you right. 
Hmm. The answer is 66%. So fully two-thirds of people paid over asking. This is from multiple listing service data. So this, these are transactions that were facilitated um, by a member of the National Association of Realtors. Then if we look at their other our other hotness uh, measurement that we've been doing for about the past year, uh, the percent, percentage of home buyers who paid 10000 or more over asking, uh, last July that was 44%. Um, last month in June or the prior month, it was 47%. Where do you reckon July came in? You know, on a hazard uh, guess? Uh, it's still, I mean, it was still tight. Half? Yep. 51%. Okay. So a little over half of buyers paid 10 grand or more. And so, you know, we continue to hear stories of multiple offers and we're involved in them, right? Yeah. But we're helping people win, um, all the time. And, this is a matter of, and nothing's really changed here except one of the tools that we're using. You got to put forth your best version of yourself, right? Because this is all about confidence. The yeah. seller wants confidence that you as the buyer are going to be able to close on the transaction you're proposing. Yes. Right. And so we've often said the ideal offer is a cash offer uh, where they prove they actually have the cash and they don't care what it appraises for so there's no appraisal contingency uh, and they're not even going to inspect the property mm -hmm. so uh, last friday at about eight o'clock i get an email from a client whose loan we first the first loan we did for them was are you ready 2006 so 17 years ago well when you're around for 24 years i mean that's not as crazy as it sounds no no but you know so he emails me and says hey i think it's time for us to go looking for a new house. And unlike two years ago, when I said we were, this buyer was going to move to Florida and we kind of did that, oh. you know, scenario, they've now decided they want to move from Milwaukee County out to the Lake country area in Waukesha County, or maybe right. the Muskego area. And so let's get pre pre-approved. Okay, so we exchange a little email and end up talking to him in the afternoon, updating his credit, which is now excellent. And it wasn't always excellent, just by the way. People's mm -hmm. fortunes and their lives do change. Gather up all the information, and he has a particular house in mind that he wants to go see that's in the upper 600,000s. <laughs> what do you know? Well, I mean, that's what makes it real, right? It's like, that's right. I have clients like that. We talk, and then maybe two months later, they they re-engage because it's always about the specific house, right? That's how you that, fall in love. It's not that, love in general. It's love in particular. Exactly. And so um, we kind of get everything teed up. We talk about how we're going to put this transaction together because obviously we, we don't want him to have to sell his existing home to qualify. And that was his, guess what? That's where he was starting out mindset wise is, well, yeah, I'm going to make an offer contingent on the sale of the house because I need all that equity, even though they have a substantial amount of cash saved up. All right. Go ahead. You got a question. Over Sorry. There? I just, on that exact point, I was at a closing on Friday morning speaking to uh, an age. This is the manager of this office, lots yeah. of agents, his words, and I'm paraphrasing, oh, you have a home sale contingency? bottom of the pile Excellent. so like frontline like real life happened in the last days it's like oh you have a home sale contingency see ya kiss yeah 
Yep. You're done. So, so, you know, part of that was then me explaining, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put a special loan on your existing home, and that's called a bridge loan. It's really just a home equity line of credit. Uh, on your existing home to help you extract not all of the equity, but most of it. Mm-hmm. And so let me run the numbers. Oh, yeah, because that now increases your monthly debts that you have to pay every month. we got to make sure you can afford everything, which is now going to be a total of three mortgages, right? First mortgage on the old house, the new bridge loan on the old house, and now the new mortgage on the new house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, great news. You, you qualify for that. So then what I did, as I said, before we hang up, do you want to see if we can get your real estate agent on the phone and your wife? And he's like, that's a really good idea. So I hit the conference button, locked out, got everybody on the phone at the same time. And I'm going to tell you what happened next right after this. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM620, WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. We're back, and thanks again for tuning in to today's show. That's uh, the taller, younger, more handsome David Wickard over there. I'm the older guy, Brian. Got the gray hair. Uh, you know, maybe some wrinkles, I don't know. Anyway, so we're talking about uh, a longtime repeat client of ours who contacts me on Friday morning a week ago, says, hey, we think we're going to you know, basically more than double the value of the house that we live in and going to sell their house in, in Milwaukee County, buy out in Lake Country or maybe Muskego area, Waukesha County, have a particular house in mind. And uh, so get everybody on the phone, buyer's agent, um, the, the primary borrower who I'm talking to and his wife and me, and we start talking about things like, okay, when you're looking, you're going to go look at this house tomorrow and they decide, okay, we're going to go look at it at 11 o'clock. Fine. Uh, if you decide to write an offer, you know, you think you're going to write at the purchase price or over or, and then I, I asked the buyer's agent, cause I always want to have them explain, uh, details of offer strategy. I said, um, let's call her Mary, not her real name do you ever write offers with escalator clauses? And she said, yeah, can you explain that to uh, the buyers here? And she does. And that's where, do you want to explain an escalator clause, David? An escalator clause is a buyer says, I'd like to pay this much for your house. But if someone else submits you an offer and it's above the number that I provided, I'll beat that offer by X dollars. So long as you provide me with the competing offer. That's right. So, um, they, they talk about that. They're like, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe we will do that. And then we start talking about, well, what number would you possibly go up to on this particular property? Mm-hmm. And uh, come up with a number that's over the asking price. And again, they hadn't seen the property yet. But then I said, well, hey, I got an idea. Let me run that through the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac automated underwriting system at that value with your down payment that you're going to make, which was substantial, uh, 200 grand, uh, $100,000 from their savings, and then another $100,000 from their um, bridge loan that we were going to mm-hmm. give to them so that mm-hmm. they could write without the offer being contingent on the sale of their existing home. And Shazam, from the Freddie Mac uh, automated underwriting system, I get the blessed appraisal waiver. 
And what's happening there is we're bumping that specific property off of Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac's property database. Mm -hmm. And it's looking up in this huge database. Do I know that property? Have we done a loan on that property? What, what, what can I tell from other properties around there and from public records data, you know, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, and given all that metadata, uh, do I believe this value that Brian Wickert has said this offer is going to get written at? Yeah. And it literally then no appraisal is needed. I put that in the pre-approval. Wait, 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 wait. Say it again for the people in the back. No appraisal needed. The and software said, we believe you. That's right. And, and you know, A, appraisals cost $475. And then that's always something when an offer is written with a financing contingency. But a lot of buyers do that. And then they don't check the box that says it's also contingent on an appraisal. Well, if you're getting a mortgage, there's always a minimum value that is needed in order for that mortgage to work. Yeah. All right. Can I let's just use yeah. a quick example. It's oh, you want to you want to buy a house for 150 and you want to borrow 100,000? Well, if it appraises for 75, I can't yeah. lend you $100,000. That's right. That's yeah. a very good extreme example. So, uh, in this so in this particular case, um we have this appraisal waiver above asking. I put it literally and highlight it no appraisals needed. They end up actually then the next day on Saturday. Oh, even the chief honesty officer works on Saturdays when <laughs> there are, you know, lives at play. Yes. They end up writing it on a different house, David. And so all I did is put in the price that they were willing to go up to on that house, change the address, got an appraisal waiver on that one too. Wow. Put it in the revised pre-approval letter, got it over to the buyer's agent. And then after they delivered that letter and the um, offer to the listing agent, I called up the listing agent. I know you do this all the time too. Oh yeah. And I say, Hey, you just got this. She says, I love your pre-approval letters. And I love this really no appraisal is needed. N nobody, t at least in her career so far has ever put that on a pre-approval letter. And we talked about how this is awesome. It's like a great wine and cheese pairing. You've got the offer. Oh, yeah that says, I don't need an appraisal, but I need a mortgage. But now you have this pre-approval letter that says the lender doesn't need a appraisal on this particular address. Bam. Bam. Is one and, less thing. Well, it's, it's, it truly is the next best thing to a cash offer with no appraisal contingency is to have one with a mortgage and no appraisal contingency mm -hmm. or no appraisal needed. Um, two other things about wait, wait, wait. that. Did they get the accepted offer? Well, yes, they did. Okay. David. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, they did. And then the other cool thing is that when we did the bridge loan financing, mm -hmm. um, the, the bridge loan financing, that was kind of the one wild card. That transaction also didn't need an appraisal. It got a automated valuation that supported the bridge loan. So that was awesome. Boom. And uh, I want to tell you, I just got one little nugget left to tell you about this story. We'll, we'll cover that and more news stories from the front lines of mortgage lending and home buying. But first, we got to turn it over to the 24-hour news desk. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the show and thanks for tuning in uh, this Sunday. Hey, David, we just had one other thing about my 
story, and I, I can't tell you how excited I was for these people, because frankly, I don't do that many loans anymore, and happened to just take this one on for the past client whose first loan we did in 2006, now looking to buy their dream home uh, in, in Lake Country. They ended up uh, writing an offer on a property in Muskego, my hometown, and getting it accepted in large part because we did the innovative thing of A, making sure they wrote the offer without a sale of home contingency, mm -hmm. and then B, running that specific property address through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's underwriting system, getting an appraisal waiver, meaning no appraisal is needed, then putting that in bold with yellow highlighting on the pre-approval letter, making sure the listing agent saw it, and we were all of one mind that this is really terrific because yeah. there's no doubt now in the seller's mind that this transaction is going to go through. One other little thing on the bridge loan. It turns out when we got the automated value on, on their existing property on which the bridge loan would be made, it was like $350,000 and I was only counting on 300. So we could have boosted the amount of their bridge loan and their down payment mm -hmm. because ultimately this client does want to roll over all their equity uh, and, and have the smallest mortgage possible on their new home. We'll have a conversation about that at another time. <laughs> but, um, but that's his intention. And so can you think of why I said, no, 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 let's not go to the max on, on the bridge loan. Why would I have said that? Any guesses? Uh, well, the rate on the bridge loan is not going to be as good as the rate on the new money for the new house. That was Correct. my first cut. Okay. That's one. And then there's also a bridge loan origination fee equal to one half of 1% of the bridge loan amount. And so saving that money too. Okay. So we right size the bridge. Loan. It's all about the details folks when it comes to structuring your next home purchase. And we're, you're not going to like that. what we do. Yeah. You're not going to get that at a skyscraper downtown as I like to say. No. Well, and then as I was talking to both real estate agents in this transaction, you know, I was pointing out a couple things in our favor, of course. I said, yeah, okay, so this is really cool. We've got everything verified, and we don't need an appraisal. I said, do you know that a lot of large banks don't even get real credit reports when they issue pre-approvals? They're like, what? Yeah, they're getting what's called soft pull credit reports that don't soft show pull, up. Which soft is pull. code for useless, but it's... Well, it... It's not, you. to my knowledge, you cannot put a soft pull credit report through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's underwriting system. You know, the other true fact is most banks, big banks, big credit unions don't verify uh, borrower's income, don't verify their down payment, which is the most insane thing ever, uh, because that's pretty important, right? Crucial. And, and then, um, yeah, they're, they're, a lot of them don't even have interest rates. Uh, on the pre-approvals, which is ridiculous because what you're really trying to prove to the seller is, hey, this offer was written saying that the borrower is going to get a $400,000 mortgage at seven and a quarter percent, which is higher than what we were able to get this particular borrower's rate down to. Um, he was able to get 699. And the uh, pre-approval letter should have the same rate as the offer. Well, if you don't have any rate at all, how do you know that you're really supporting the you know claim that's being made here in, in the offer? So a lot of slipshod stuff out there. People don't know this. I don't know. Some agents may not really appreciate those details. Uh, we think the details matter. And in the case, this listing agent does pay well, attention to the details. I, what I was going to say was it's our job to, to prompt the listing agent to make it easy to present to their seller 
the things that they should focus on about the you know our buyers offer right and yeah. that was your when you made the phone call you were reviewing the most important thing which was and i don't need an appraisal that and then also we highlighted in there and you don't need to sell your existing home so yeah. we're you know proving that again because the it's seller about- is they're dealing with a lot of stuff right there's there's I'm going to say real life stuff like, my God, I got to pack up all my earthly possessions. That's what they're thinking about, too, that you're we're trying to hang our hat on the most important things that a seller can focus on, which is, do I trust the details in this pre-approval? When you say when you see the Acunet name, the answer is, yeah. Yep. Especially when you got that Roxal guaranteed little logo bug on there that says we're backing it up with a $2,000 guarantee if we made a mistake, which we don't do. Um, the other thing that we do to help uh, buyers be more competitive is we will take a look at other assets that they don't intend to use for down payment because in the minds of the seller, the bigger the down payment, the better. You agree, right, David? And I was going to say on this, this client you've been describing, uh, you wrote, I think, they could do 30% down you know, on their pre-approval, but maybe in yep. real life they only want to do twenty for the time being. They have no, that flexibility, they're, but they're to show, f- but yeah. sh- show the biggest number, right? Exactly. Show show the biggest number because bigger down payments better. Doesn't mean you have to do it. Just like a cash buyer can go out there and still get a mortgage. That's perfectly allowed. Um, so you can. And, and what we want to do, of course, is verify that those assets actually exist. Of course. We're not going to just take your word for it, especially if we're guaranteeing it. All right. When we come back, David, you've got a nifty story, uh, a family um, a family member buying from another family member. Uh, we'll cover that when we come back. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on the biggest stick in the state, AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us, Dad. On uh, Saturday, we helped a client buy their grandma's home. What What? part of that sentence was interesting to you? Saturday? I thought that mortgage companies and banks and the like were only open from Monday and Fridays. And yeah, so So, what? Whoa. How do we do that? So, and let me come back to that. So, this, I I love working with, I love working with all my clients. But what is always particularly interesting is helping someone buy from family. Because there's, and we had talked about this a couple weeks ago, there's a couple other dynamics to keep in mind that a buyer normally is blind to. The seller takes care of some stuff when the seller is a stranger, but when it's family, you got to keep track of a couple things. So for these folks, we got their uh, purchase done in 10 calendar days. What? Is that legal? It is That's legal. probably just barely legal. Just barely. Le- regulatory. Don't say legal. It's, it's compliant. How's about that? Okay, compliance, yeah. But, well, they had a job. They had down payment money. They put together, with the help of a family attorney, a contract. They're buying, actually, from um, mom and uncle, who had inherited grandma's house. But okay, in so their minds, grandma's, grandma's house. All right, grandma's no longer with us. All right. No longer with us. And uh, so... We got all organized, but they had to think about three things. Hey, uh, an owner's policy, who's going to pay for that? They decided the seller, mom and uncle, were going to pay for that. 
Property taxes? Hey, are they going to give a proration for the property taxes? Nope. New buyer is going to take care of the full tax bill for okay. 2023. And the last one is the transfer tax. The state of Wisconsin says, we'd like a little revenue, please. Seller said they were going to pick up that tab. Okay. I just What I just really enjoy is why would a buyer know any of that? Or a seller. Or a seller. You know, if you're a seller and you're selling it to a stranger, your agent probably takes care of that for you or... It just comes out of your proceeds and you, not that you're oblivious to it, but it's just something that has to happen. So we took care of all of that. We made an introduction, helped the seller, mom and uncle, get connected to our sister title company, Lakefront Title, got them going on the things they needed to take care of. And then to accommodate all parties, we got the request, hey, would it be possible to close on Saturday? Because that's Hmm. when my family could be in town to do it. So I picked up the phone, a unique question. Yeah. I picked up the phone because my first thought was like, yeah, we can make that happen. Because what ended up happening, the buyers, they wired their money on Thursday okay. for, their, for their down payment, everything they need. Then Acunet, we got the money ready on Friday and we were ready with our money. Okay. So then by the time everybody showed up on Saturday... The money was already there. We're ready to go. It's just a matter of people signing paperwork at that point. Granted, they got to wait till Monday for the checks to generate basically and be available. You know, because mom and uncle were getting checks from the sale of the home that they uh, inherited and have now sold. But they'd have to wait till Monday anyway to, you know, probably cash the check. So to be able to accommodate someone on a Saturday was unique, at least so far in my mortgage. I like the part where we got it done in 10 days, which did we need an appraisal? (laughs) We did, uh, which was actually no problem. I think literally the appraiser was out there on Tuesday and we had the appraisal report back Wednesday, the next day. And I should have known the answer to that question. I think on a non-arms link transaction, I think we have to get an appraisal. I don't think uh, appraisal waiver is allowed. Oh, by the way, on that topic, there is now also an in-between we were talking in the previously in the show about actual appraisal waivers. There's now a tweener where the automated underwriting system comes back and says, we don't need an appraised value. Okay. That sounds pretty good, but we yeah. still need a person called a data verifier to go out to the subject property, take some pictures and fill out a form about the condition of the property. And you know, Hey, does it really have three bedrooms and so on and so forth? So that's, that's, Almost as good, and we've done a couple of these. Have you done one? I know we've uh, done yeah, one. one or two. Yeah, and they only cost two hundred fifty bucks, so about half the cost of a full appraisal. Yes, you have a comment on that? Uh, what I was just going to say on the appraisal waiver part, a buyer you can choose to not use it if you would like the full appraisal done. Well, a you'd have to get a seller to say yes to your offer. Yeah, but you could choose which half had yes. Oh, of course. But I don't. I recall, and I couldn't give you a name, but we've had a buyer get the waiver through the software, but then choose to still have the full appraisal done, maybe just for their own peace of mind. You yeah. know, they don't want to necessarily take the computer at its word that they'd yeah. like to still have the official report in but, hand. But then let the record show. If you do that, and then the appraisal comes in lower... You cannot go back and say, "Ooh, I really want to use that appraisal." <laughs> yeah, just waiver. kidding. No, nope. Yeah, no. That Once the lender orders an appraiser, an appraisal, and receives the appraisal report back, 
that appraisal waiver is gone. Mm -hmm. uh, then I was just going to mention the third other thing, because we were talking about certainty in the mind of the seller and getting your offer accepted. we got the full appraisal waiver, best appraised value not needed, but we got to send somebody out to verify the data. The third best thing is saying, hey, I, you're asking $500,000 for your house. I'll pay you five ten, and still buy it even if it appraises as low as $500,000. That's what we call appraisal wiggle room. So three different innovations to help you get your offer in the winner circle. All right, David, what are we going to talk, with, talk about in the last segment of the show? Oh, I remember now. The uh, headline from Newsweek talking about Morgan Stanley's prediction for home values in 2024. We'll cover that in our opinions when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Well, David, we've talked a lot about which way our home price is going to go. And so in Newsweek, the headline was, Will House Prices Go Down? Question mark. Morgan Stanley gives 2024 prediction. And uh, Morgan Stanley thinks that home prices on average in the United States of America will go down 2% in 2024. Um, which what was is, their prediction for 2023? Not that ooh, you have it at your fingertips. That, that's a good answer, a good question rather. And, and the general rationale that they're following as well, you know, higher mortgage rates are gonna um, reduce demand. Uh, so now a couple of points about that. First of all, Zillow, on the other hand, thinks home values are going to be up, and and they go so far as to forecast that on a metropolitan statistical area basis. We covered this last week on the show, but just to remind everybody, Zillow's forecast is for values to be up uh, 4% in the Milwaukee metro area, similar for Madison. Uh, and then at a year from now, in June of 2023, is when they're make the prediction for other places like Whitewater and Manitowoc, six and a half, 6.2%, Fond du Lac, 6.1%. It's just all about supply and demand, right? I mean, yeah. what, what would have to happen for home values to go down in southeastern Wisconsin? Uh, a lot of unemployment because because you'd have to drain the hunger from the pool of buyers. Right. And only if people didn't have the jobs to take on the monthly payment for the mortgage, that that's kind of the dramatic story that would have to unfold. Right. Yeah, so, I, and I'm going to say one other thing, or we could get more supply. Well, you know, more people would all of a sudden list their homes. The only thing that's going to make that happen is if rates dropped precipitously, which we don't see them dropping that much to motivate uh, homeowners that have rates that start with the number three or maybe even yeah. two yeah. to say, okay, I'm going to sell now. What I'm thankful for is that home sales aren't any lower than they are, even though they're <laughs> off about 25%, uh, you know, from last year um, or some, in some places, 30%. So I, from a pure economic standpoint, and remember this, the purpose of this, you know, tale is to say, great, people read that. Oh, home prices are going to be down. Well, the first question is where, right? Maybe Everywhere. they're going to be down in Florida, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so the first question to ask is, does this apply to me and my local area, you know, where mm -hmm. I'm interested in buying? Because I think we've said this a million times on the show. We don't see home values going down. And in fact, 
when rates do get lower, and please, we hope they get lower soon, um, you know, that's just going to create more appetite uh, for home buyers. Yes. All right. Well, that's just about all the time we have for today's show. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, in today's show, we covered about how, how we're getting even more innovative. You know, you think you've got everything lined up? I thought of another innovation. Let's start putting no appraisal required on 123 Main Street when we can right on the pre-approval letter as another way to make our pre-approval letters better than any other ones out there. We're getting a great reception on that. Did you hear back yet on the person that you did that for late last no, week? No, I'm still waiting to hear back, but we did the same exercise and took the little snippet. I showed them, look, here's the appraisal waiver and hoping that's the one that uh, gets them in the winner circle. It's a competitive situation, so every tool in the toolkit matters. Yep. All right, well, that's all the time we have for today's show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be uh, here next week. You've been listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.